welcome to the WRSU crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the crew. Troy DiSavino joined alongside today. Chris Sikonis, it's just me and him. Just the pair of us. We've got an exciting show nonetheless. Uh, we'll try to keep it lively, so obviously we're going to kick it right off with soccer as we jump right into I'm just kidding, Chris. I didn't mean to get your hopes up on that end. We will not be kicking it off with soccer. We will be kicking a different type of ball to get this started, a football. Um, we are officially entering into week three of the NFL. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. We're almost getting back into the midst of week three of things as we've got Thursday Night Football kicking off tomorrow. Um, this is the most compelling thing on my radar. It seems like the first couple to first few weeks of the NFL season, it's just like sports, any other sports don't matter to me at the time. Um, I can only think football, fantasy football is taking up every, you know, working fiber of my brain, it seems like. So what other way to start the show um, than to talk a little NFL, right? Now, since we're at the milestone marker of the season, we're one-eighth of the way there. You know, obviously, end of week two, we have to hand out our eighth of the way through the season awards, right? It's, wait, it's wait, 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 wait. This is a thing? Eighth of the oh, season? Yes, eighth of the season. We're, we're an eighth of the way there, one-eighth. We've done two weeks. We've got 14 I'm sorry. left. That is a laughably small sample size there, Troy. Well, you know, it's laughable now. Wait till you hear about the stars that are at the top of these lists who, who are getting handed out the awards tonight. Um, for the most rushing yards, the most receiving yards, the most passing yards, the best defenses. You know, we have to admire how good these guys have been over the short term. And, you know, if history serves us right, the people who are leading at the first end of the first two weeks are always leading at the end of the 16 weeks for their, for their schedule. Am I wrong? Uh, I think you're on to something here, Troy. I think, I think I'm on to something. I don't think you can find me one guy in the history of the NFL who wasn't leading – in passing at the end of week two, in most passing yards, most receiving yards, most rushing yards, who wasn't also leading at the end of the season. So we have to, you know, admit that these guys are going to be the best by the end of week 16 or week 17, week 16 in their schedule. Um, you know, the NFL is a pretty steady thing. Things don't really pop up in general. Guys usually stay hot like they, like they are. So we could probably hand these awards out now. Obviously, um, you know, in another two weeks, we'll check back in with them for fourth of the way through the season. But we're at we're at the eighth mile marker right now, um, so we'll kind of hop right into there. You know, first category of the night, we have to really admire some of the best quarterbacks that have played through this year. Um, coming in, I'll, I'll I'll run us down five through one, sitting at the number five spot. You know, he's he's in the conversation. He's been pretty good this year. He's he's got a decent history in the NFL. Russell Wilson, obviously, he's got six hundred and ten yards. Um, he's been good. You know, can't say too much about him. Uh, Very underappreciated. I've been well, on this I mean, train since Sunday. Not a single MVP vote, which is I mean, absurd. He's, got, he's only he's only fifth in the league in passing yards, so he's not that good. So we'll we'll kind of round up to a better quarterback. Um, obviously, like like I said, if you're leading at the end of two weeks, that shows that you're probably better than the guy behind you. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, the number four guy. I think we can all agree better than Russell Wilson. Six hundred and thirty-six yards. Um, about 26 yards better than Russell Wilson out of the week two. Number three, Dak Prescott, no surprise, 716 yards, very good. Um, number two, most people regarded as the best quarterback in the league, 
Um, I think that's widely accepted as well. Matt Ryan, 723 yards. He's been good. And the obvious choice, a lot of people already have him down in the GOAT contention, uh, Josh Allen, 729 yards. Once again, looking like he's going to take that that passing, um, the, you know, he's going to take home the trophy this year as, as having the most passing yards. Um, if history serves us right, he'll also be leading the category at the end of Week 17 in the NFL with a total of 729 right now. He's on to a hot start. Um, leading his Buffalo Bills to 2-0, and I believe. I mean, that list I just went through, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Teddy Bridgewater, Russell Wilson. Eighth of the way through the season. You really think it's going to change too much? by Listen, listen, I, I, I like how you took additional time to elaborate on how an AFC East quarterback is doing so well so early in the season. That's definitely what I want to hear as a Jet fan. Um, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned um, your boy uh, Dak Prescott. Well, he came in at third, so I'll give him his props. He's he's been the third best quarterback if you know if you go by the only stat that matters, which is yardage, right? Um, so he's been very good. But I mean, how do you ignore that? Josh Allen, he's on he's on track for almost six thousand passing yards. There's no way he's not going to keep up at that rate, right? There's no way. So it's been very. Well, I think it's less that likely work. that he reaches six thousand yards than he doesn't. I I have to agree. I have to agree. He's probably only going to get better than the first two weeks. And look at this. Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott. These guys are only separated by a matter of 13 yards. We're going to have three quarterbacks that are near that 6,000 yardage uh, marker by the end of the season. Like I said, because you know we all know that the stats stay consistent over the entire season, and the guys who are leading this category now will also be leading the categories by the end of the season. Let's jump right into the next category before we... Rushing... Um, we got five through one. Coming in at number five, Josh Jacobs, 181 yards. Nick Chubb at the four. Ezekiel Elliott at three. Again, another Cowboy at that third spot. Kind of. Oh, uh, boy, here we go. In the bronze level, both the Cowboys taking bronze. Not too happy about that. Derrick Henry at two. And then leading the pack at number one, Aaron Jones. He started out hot. He's on pace to have around 1,600 rushing yards by the end of this season. Um, you know, this... Uh, this one, actually, you know, I set aside, obviously, in a joking matter, I talk about why I think the categories are going to stay the same. But this one's not too bad, actually. You know, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, Zeke, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacobs, you know, with with the injuries that have happened so far this year with Saquon, with, you know, CMC, I don't think this one's going to be too far off from what we're going to see. I don't think it's going to wrap up in that order. Um what I mean, Chris, any key guys left out of that top five you think are absolutely going to be there? There's one guy in my mind. Um, any any guys other than Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, Zeke, Chubb, and Josh Jacobs you think are going to be in the conversation top five in rushing yards? Um, that's a good question. Um, not no one that really jumps. Accurate though. Yeah, there's no one that really jumps out. I mean, one guy that I think, and I could be uh, proven laughably wrong at the end of this, but one guy who I think is probably gonna. Uh, have a pretty good year going down the stretch will be uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over at Kansas City. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who's a monster of a running back at LSU. He's on a team that's defending a Super Bowl win. Uh, It's a team that brought back almost everyone from that Super Bowl win. So um, he's got the best possible support structure for a rookie to have in Kansas City. And with running backs, as Giants fans have unfortunately learned over the last couple years, um, you don't draft a star running back until you have most of those other pieces in place, and Kansas City did that. So I'm a big fan of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Are, someone has him on our on their fantasy team in our league. It's not yeah, you. It's me. It is that, you. That is me. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, that's actually the name I was thinking of one of the guys who I think will sneak in there. 
you know, the only thing that might keep him out of there is that that offense is so high octane. There's so many guys on that offense, um, and Patrick Mahomes spreads the ball out so well. It, it might be tough for him to be top five if everyone else has crazy good seasons and is at getting close to 1,500 yards. I don't know if he has the capacity or he even has enough touches to get that many. Um, but he's in such a good offense. You know, he doesn't necessarily need 1,500 yards for that offense to be good. Um, I think he's going to end up in the top five for rushing yards, but I, I think he, where he's really good is, you know, he's a really strong back. He's he's going to be lethal in the red zone. I think he's going to have a lot of touchdowns just because of how many touchdowns the Chiefs' offense is going to score. But I think he'll get in there for yards as well. I, I wanted to highlight the rushing category because, you know, I'm obviously poking fun at, you know, eighth of the way through the season. You get some funny names at the top of these lists. But the rushing one I actually seem to think is is fairly accurate. Um, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, the guys who have gotten hurt, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon, um, neither of them fall in this top five. So these top five guys here are all healthy, I believe, and they have a realistic chance of finishing there. Um, so it's it's interesting to see that this is one category that it's kind of panned out the way we thought. Um, Dalvin Cook's another guy who might finish up there if he can stay healthy. Obviously, he's had some health issues in the past few seasons. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. This, one, this one's actually pretty well-rounded, and it's pretty accurate. Now, another category, receiving. Uh, most yards through the, through the first two weeks. This one's kind of interesting. Some names that we know maybe didn't expect to see top five. You know, DeAndre Hopkins comes in at five. That one I guess we could expect. With a new offense, we weren't sure exactly how it was going to pan out. Kyler Murray is having one heck of a season so far, so it's working out okay for him. Um, coming in at four, Robbie Anderson, um, one of Chris's all-time favorite Jets I've heard. It's a shame also, that he's not a Jet anymore. I'm sorry. Well, like with our with our garbage receiving core, I, I I'm missing Robbie Anderson big time right now. Yeah, I mean, do you want Robbie Anderson? He doesn't know how to identify a mascot. I don't know if that's a guy I'd want on my team. You know, you gotta respect the mascot, the theme of the team, and you gotta at least know you're not the Bears. So, well, despite that, he's 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 fourth on the list right now. Troy. Um, I, I don't know how to put this. Um, Adam Gase can probably identify the Panthers mascot. Um, I don't want any more of him. And I That's think true. any Jets fan with a pulse would agree with that. Well, to be fair, Adam Gase does have some performance-enhancing you know, things helping him out there. So he might the smelling salts might make him a little aware of what the mascot is. Although he probably sees planes fly over all the time, and that's all he can think of. So he's so high-strung in that case. But... Coming in at three on the list, Julian Edelman. I got heavily criticized for drafting him in fantasy. Um, you know, I think he's the obviously the most sought-after target in New England. I'm not too surprised. I think he's going to be very effective in the slot um, and for some closer drop-off passes from Cam Newton. He gets open very well, which is kind of, you know, you, you watch him play and you just wonder how he gets so open so often. Um, but Cam Newton's been utilizing him quite well so far. Um, I think he's got a pair of touchdowns to start. He's also got 236 touch, uh, 236 yards, not touchdowns. Um, at number two, actually tied for one, uh, Calvin Ridley. He was expected to have a really good year. That Falcons offense is very good. We've learned from this past week, the Falcons defense is very bad. Um, and then at number one, here's a name. Chris, you want to guess who's number one? Or, or Don't tell me you got this list pulled up. I don't have any list pulled up. You go right ahead. No, go ahead, guess. I want to see. What no, I don't have the one. list pulled up. I'm telling you the truth. No, I just want you to guess. I, I don't um, want you to have the list pulled up. This, I, is, I wanna, this is one of the names. It's funny to me. That's at number one on the list. For which category? For most receiving yards. 
Hmm. Most receiving. Oh, I think I know. It's Julian Edelman. It's not Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman was three. Oh, okay. Number one, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs. Really? First year, yeah, first year with Buffalo. There was a lot of, you know, wondering how many yards he was going to get because they have a lot of wide receivers in Buffalo. I, what's the guy's name? John Brown. They also have Stefan Diggs. And then they've also got Cole Beasley. Three decent receivers. None of them are exactly elite in the sense of being top five in the league, you know, skills-wise. But Stefan Diggs got 239 yards. Um, the Bills have been pretty good through two games. And Josh Allen, you know, it's no coincidence that he also leads the league in passing yards. 239 of Josh Allen's 729 goes to Stefan Diggs. I mean, so it makes... One of those it makes logical sense, though, if you think about it, because, you know, you mentioned Josh Allen having, you know, you say he's on pace to throw, what, is it 6,000 yards, you said? Close to 6,000. Yeah. Um, is that a record? I, I'd have to imagine it'd be some sort of record. If not, Close, an, right? if not an NFL record, certainly a team record. Yeah. And no, yeah, no one else on the Bills thrown anywhere near that much. But Well, I mean, what was Jim Kelly's best year? I don't think it was 6,000 yards. It definitely was not 6,000 yards. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> throw the ball as much back bad. when Jim Kelly played. No. No. You know what Joe Namath's um, completion percentage was? It was a completely different game. Uh, that's why I bring this up. 51 years ago, Joe Namath, the year he won the Super Bowl, you know what his completion percentage was? <laughs> it's, it's, I can't imagine. It's crazy. It's like 51%. It really good? 51. 51? Oh, my God. Because you have to keep in mind, Troy, they would run the ball more often than they would throw. So the only time he would if really you, have to throw is in, like, lower percentage, <laughs> like third and longs. If Joe Namath was the quarterback right now for the Jets with Adam Gase as coach, that team would be 0-16. Well, you see, Adam Gase wouldn't even have him throw downfield. He'd have him throw at the line he of scrimmage, and, you know, the bubble screen would get blown up because no one on our he team would can block. He'd tell him to hand it off to Le'Veon Bell, not realizing Le'Veon Bell is on the IR. That's what would happen. It'd be, it'd be embarrassing. Those were the really interesting, you know, I'll go just to number ones for the defensive leaders because, you know, it doesn't have the same flash to it, I guess you could say. Or I'll pick some of the funniest names that are on this list. Well... Leading defensive in tackles, Devin White from Tampa Bay. He's got 26. That's a lot through through two games, if you ask me. Um, leading in sacks, it's one of the Watt brothers. Do you think it's JJ or TJ? I'm going to go with, if you're asking me, it's going to be a surprise, so I'm going to go with TJ. It is TJ. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said, who. yeah, yeah, it's TJ. Um, Pittsburgh's been really good. That makes sense. He's got two and a half sacks. Um Tied for first, Chase Young, two and a half sacks with Washington. Washington's been playing pretty well, too, I mean, compared to what we thought they were going to look like. Obviously, they didn't play too well last week, but week one, they got the win against Philadelphia, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, And Chase Young's got two and a half sacks so far. He was a menace in college to offensive lines around the nation, Um, and he's now tied for first. And he's on pace to average. <laughs> he's on pace to have almost 20 sacks this season. Can you believe that as a rookie? Almost 20 sacks. It's crazy. Interceptions. Um, oh, actually, there's one other name I wanted to pick off the sacks list. Jason Pierre-Paul has got two sacks this season. He's number third in the league for, for most. I didn't know Jason Pierre-Paul was still in the league, to be honest. I really didn't. The only reason I know it is because he popped up on this list. Who is he? Really what team is he on right now? Tampa Bay. Uh-oh, that's a problem. Yeah, him and him and Ndamukong Sue are tied for second and third for most sacks. In the no, league. no, that wasn't what I was talking about. I'm worried because fireworks are legal in Florida. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think he learned his lesson on that one. I would I hope so. He learned his lesson. Well, even with that limitation, he's killing it. He's got two sacks. He's got two Good sacks. Good for him. I mean, what was his all-time 
How many? What was his most amount of sacks he had when he was in? Uh, York, good question. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, I think he. I think he had a, a, one, a one or two really good seasons. Um, and I'm wondering if he was gonna even be close to getting 16 sacks on the season because that's what he's on par for right now. All right, I've um, got. Um, hang on, I'm pulling up here. It doesn't have sacks on this website, which I find really weird. Hmm. Uh, tackles. I got tackles for loss. Um, which for an edge rusher, I mean, that's basically the same thing. 23 tackles for loss in 2011, the year the Giants won the Super Bowl. 23. It's a lot. It's a lot. His highest in Tampa, he had an above-average year at 16, but he, uh, ever since then, he's been averaging between, like, uh, 8 and 12 most years. So well, He's on two pace and for two, 16 this He's year. on pace for 16. Hey, listen. It's a lot. And, and, Who and, knows? It could even be higher than that, too. And Tampa Bay's an intriguing team this year. They got Tom Brady under center. Uh, you don't have crab legs, Winston, tossing INTs left and right. That's true. Uh, Bruce Arians all, is an elite although, head coach. Jameis Winston did have a lot of yards last year. I don't know if we'll see that many yards out of, out of uh, Tom Brady. You know, I've been a little disappointed with Tom Brady so far. It's been a little rough for him. Well, right I now, mean, if you want to, I mean, we can't just be making judgments about two games. What kind of show would that be, Troy? Well, that's kind of what we're doing today. That's kind of if the, the season ended right now, Tom Brady would not have had a good season. And you could say his his experience in Tampa Bay was a failure, and he should be cut. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! He whoa, right whoa. now ranks 24th in the league for passing yards. I know that's not what matters the most, um, but keep in mind his average um, yards per pass is 6.4. It's not too good. Doesn't uh, that's know, like around what age? Sam Darnold's at? I think Darnold's yeah, at like yeah. seven. Age might be catching up a little bit to Tom Brady. I say that now, but guess what? He's probably going to win a Super Bowl before my Cowboys ever do again. I mean, he's like the Adam Vinatieri of quarterbacks. So, like, I feel like he's kind of just going to always be there. Yeah, I mean, but that's interesting, though, because Adam Vinatieri plays a position where you can be that old and still good. I don't, I mean, Tom Brady, there's no denying there's been a decline over, like, the last year and a half or two years. I mean, he struggled last year in in, in New New England, I mean, maybe not struggle is the right word, but he wasn't the same type of Tom Brady quarterback with his arm. I mean, there's no denying that. So I was a little skeptical about people thinking he was going to walk right into Tampa Bay and we'd be talking about him leading the league at our week, you know, or eighth of the way through the season award show. You know, when, <laughs> we should have hyped that me, up a bit more. The eighth of... When, uh, Put it on like a ridiculous, like uh, like Photoshop it on like the Oscars logo, or actually I don't know if we well, can we'll do get, that. We'll do it for the we'll, we'll do it for the fourth of the way, for a quarter <laughs> of the way. Um, but I mean, you know how many people came to me this off season and said, "Hey, you know, when you have that eighth of the way through the season award ceremony on September twenty third on a Wednesday, you're gonna only be talking Tom Brady at the top of every single passing category." And I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You know, slow your boat there, pal. You know, just because he's." In Tampa Bay with, with, with Gronk, who has killed me this year in fantasy, I'll just say that. I thought Gronk and wasn't having like I, I thought I, I didn't I haven't really seen the Buccaneers play that much. I, I thought he was having like a below average year. Like Chris, you know how many receptions he had last week? No, tell me zero. Wow, zero receptions. Wow, I got him in my. I Turns got him out starting signing a tight end after he lost fifty pounds in retirement's a bad idea. Man, um, yeah, but it's it's like it's Gronk. You just figure, you know, oh even if God. he's not the same size, he'll get a couple passes. He'll, Did you see what he looked like after he retired? He looked like 
freaking cross country runner. I saw. I saw. I also know that Tom Brady, you know, loves the guy. So I figured um, he'd spread yeah, no, some I'm love. Sure. I'm sure he spread some love, but and, the and guy I, doesn't I, have I, it anymore. Like what, my, what? it's not like my options were crazy good when I drafted Gronk over someone else. I figured, hey, let me roll the dice. You know, maybe there's a chance that he kinda, you know, takes the NFL by storm again and we get a little Gronk mania. And if that's averaging nine points a game, that's averaging nine points a game, I'll take it for my fantasy team. But getting no receptions, that's just unacceptable as a starter on my team. My team had, I think, 150-something points last week in a PPR. That's not – and Gronk got zero of those. That's, that's not acceptable. I might have to bench him this week. I might have to – I can't say what I'm doing on the waiver wire, but, like, you know. Dump him. I'm not dumping him. I wouldn't Let pick him up. That. No, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. He's gonna maybe earn a spot on the bench this week. Let me just say that, you know, I'm a little disappointed, and that's, and that's oh. kind of what I was saying. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying when, when, you know, Joe and you know, Tom and Phil, they were all coming to me over over the summer, and they said, hey, Troy, eighth of the way through the season award show, you're gonna be only talking Tom Brady. I said, I guys, I think you're way wrong on that one. So. I'm not too surprised, but, you know, Tom Brady right now, 24th in the league um, in passing yards. And keep in mind, Chris, how many how many teams are in the NFL? 32, last time I 32. checked. 32. 32. He's the bottom quarter. Huh. Bottom quarter wow. for passing yards. That's that, sad. You know, in an offense that we, we have Gronk, we got Mike Evans, you know, we've got a plenty deep running back core at this point. Maybe not like the most elite running back core, but you got a lot of options there. I mean, the offense was talked about being good, but now you see Tom Brady finishing in the bottom quarter, and if the season ended right now, I hate to say it, Tom, you know, you're going to be looking at only around 3,000 yards on the season. You better figure that out. When was the last time Tom Brady had 3,000 yards on a season? I'd like to see, but first two weeks in, not looking too good. And I say that, and you know Tom Brady's going to bounce back, and he'll be fun. He'll figure out the offense. Um Bruce Arians is a really good coach, in my opinion. Um, the only problem is I think they play in a, in a tough, very high-volume scoring um, division. With you, you got the Falcons, you've got the um, the Saints, even the Panthers a little bit there. I mean, the Panthers are 0-2 to start the season, but their offense have been pretty good. Um, I've got some other stuff I want to get to on the other side of the break. Um, you know, some of the most compelling teams so far in this season, um, some, some of the most surprisingly bad teams through this season. Hint, hint, um, the Eagles aren't one of them. I thought they were going to be bad, so it's not the most surprising. Um, some teams I think might bounce back. Some teams who I think are about to fall off the cliff because, you know, they're way too high on themselves right now. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of wrapping up our eighth of the way through the season awards show. I know there was a lot of hype coming into this one. So, you know, it's sad to see it wrap up, but good news is in two weeks we got another one for you. I have to believe a lot of the same guys are still going to be on that list. You know, I'm going to actually kind of take a screenshot of what we got here just to make sure we can line them up with, with two weeks from now. But before we walk away, we have to acknowledge the teams, the leaders of the teams who've, uh, who've, who've led the entire categories in the NFL for, for offensive leaders and defensive leaders. Um, you know what? I'll say I'll save that for the other side of the break. You know, we'll we'll talk more team oriented when we get back from the break. Um, I know I'm excited for it. You know, there's some surprising ones there at the top um, on the offensive and defensive side. 
Click, click, it's locked in. I've got my lock of the week, lock of the night in this case. You know, I'm trying to stress the fact you know, that I've been almost, actually I have been perfect this year with my locks. Um, so if you want you know, to listen to, to someone and take some advice, uh, you know, my advice so far has been absolutely perfect. And the, the funny part is I've only given one of these um, so far, and, and my pick to start the season was the Raptors covering a two-and-a-half-point spread against the Celtics. Um, 1-0 on the season. You know, let's try to make it 2-0 tonight. I've got something similar to that. I just don't understand why this is the line. Miami Heat, three-and-a-half-point dogs to the Boston Celtics as they lead the series 2-1. I get that they're maybe saying Boston's going to come back in this series, sure. Three-and-a-half points, though, seems kind of steep to me. I think every game in the rest of this series is going to be down to the wire, and I think it's going to be down to the last shot. And it's good. Yeah, where a team's going to win it on the last shot. I don't see a team winning by two possessions in this in any of these games. So three and a half points seems ridiculously steep to me. Um, I've got the Heat covering that three and a half point spread. You know, I'm going to go on the record. Chris, no, nah, I'm actually just going to say they cover. Eh, should, I, should, I, should I double down? Should I double down? Double down. Two Be bold. Believe in what your, your pick is. All right, I'm doubling down then. And if this is right, I get two points. I become 3-0, and all right? Can we agree to that? We can agree to that. The Heat not only cover the 3.5-point spread, they win outright. I've got the Heat winning outright tonight. And I, I don't see why anyone should think otherwise, let alone a 3.5-point spread. I'd pick the Heat if they were minus 3.5. But that's just my take. You know, who's to say? What's, like the, what's the money line? Uh, what's the money line on that game? The money line on it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just closed the app. I can open it back up if you want. You you do your pick, and then I'll, I'll tell you uh, what it is once I get to find it back up. All right. I'm going to college football this weekend. We have a um, pretty interesting uh, cross-conference matchup here. We've got the Army Black Knights traveling to Ohio to take on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um the spread in that game is Cincinnati favored by 13.5 points. I think Army covers there. I think Army has looked very impressive in those first two games that they played. Um, they run the triple option, so they don't really pass the ball a lot. That eats up a lot of clock on their offensive possessions. I don't see them losing a game by a whole lot, so I think that a 13.5-point spread is a bit much given the way that Army plays football. Um Give me, the, give me the Black Knights in this one. I think that they can at the very least cover the spread against what is a very good Cincinnati Bearcats team. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I think it just um, it just fits their style of play more. Oh, by the way, the SEC comes back this weekend. I just forgot about that until now. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do. I haven't really been paying attention to college football at all. I didn't. I thought they already started playing. Yeah, they were like they were like the last uh, of the three leagues that didn't initially postpone, like the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Um, they're the ones that decided to start the latest. You know, probably just get their protocols and stuff together. Um, um, so basically, yeah, they're starting on the 26th this Saturday, and then Big Ten starts in about a month. And all the other leagues are quickly following to uncancel, which, as I said on Twitter yesterday, is pretty good. So 
some exciting stuff. Yeah. You, you were going to say, the, do you have the money line back up for that game, though? Yeah, it's pl- plus 130 for the Heat. Oh, I would take that. Yeah. Plus value on what I think is the better plus team. Plus value on the Heat. Yeah, yeah I would take heat. that. Absolutely. Pound that. So we yeah. locked it in. I yeah. doubled down. I have an opportunity to be 3-0 by the end of tonight. So I'll be keeping a close eye on that game. And if, if it comes out right, you'll be hearing from me on Twitter. If not... Yeah, You'll be hearing from me, hear on Twitter, from me on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, or I'll say I, I I knew it. I called the other way around. I dare someone to find the audio of me saying otherwise. Um, considering yeah. I'm one of two people who have access to it, so you know, try to try to catch me. You can't out promote um, the promotions director, can you? No, I'll, I'll I'll monitor the social media. I'll make sure we suppress that information, um, no matter how ethically moral that is. But immoral, if you ask going. me. Yeah, well, that's if you ask you. Let's see if you ask you. You know, let's let's get back to what I wanted to talk about before we went to break. Chris, let's, I want to run through, you know, this. we can call this uh, eighth of the way through this season award show part two. Oh, kind my of God. You won't let this go, will you? No, it's not so much an award show. This is kind of an open conversation about, you know, what our takes on the season have been so far, if anyone's been snubbed from the from the list. Um, you know, I want to talk about, let's let's see where we should start. I, let's, let's start off in the, in the most compelling category. Um, this year's 2020 most compelling category for NFL season, eighth of the way through the season. Um, I want to talk about what team have you been not only most impressed by, but, you know, you thought there was an opportunity for that team to show up, and they they have done so. But, you know, you've been a little extra surprised by how they've performed so far. Is there a team that has not only surprised you, but has really caught your attention and has been the most compelling to you so far? Yeah, my team uh, that I've been very impressed with the first two weeks, the Las Vegas Raiders, finally starting mm. to grow on me, that name. Um, I love it. I mean, did, did you watch Monday Night Football? Uh, yeah, yeah. Man, that was I, – I, I, look, I mean, I mean, they had a good week one win against the Panthers, 34-30 uh, was the score of that game on the road. Uh, they're opening up their new stadium with no fans, which – I find kind of ironic. By by the way, yeah, I saw the poll question yesterday from yesterday. Show which stadium is is nicer, which new stadium is nicer, the Rams, yes, or the the Raiders. There's no question that it's the Raiders. Any stadium that is named the Death Star, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's that one. That one is so cool. I love that it's like it's a it's like a blacked out Mercedes Benz, but instead it's a giant stadium. It is awesome. It is awesome. And do the do the Raiders still have? The blackout uniform for their color rush jerseys, or have um, they already worn that this year? I haven't seen their color rush jerseys this year, but I'd have to imagine it'd be something. Oh no, similar. they used to be white. Do they even have a blackout jersey? I don't know. Let me look. It they up, need actually. to get one if they don't. They need to get a blackout jersey with a black visor and play in the Death Star, the giant black Death Star, because it is awesome. Oh, it I'm is looking such at. A cool I'm looking at the one they have where it's all white, a white jersey, white pants, and then like the very light gray numbers. Yeah, that's, that's not one, it. I, that's guess not they, it. I guess they don't have a blacked out jersey. Oh, I, I see it now. Oh, no. Oh, that is a disaster. Uh, I mean, it's really cool. Don't get me wrong. But when I say it's a disaster, keep in mind, I'm, I'm looking at this from a play-by-play broadcaster's perspective. Everything on that is black. Like, the numbers oh, are like a really too. ridiculously dark gray. Mm. You, you, you see what I'm talking about, Troy? I'm, I'm looking at it. It's pretty cool, though. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very cool. cool. But imagine peeing the poor guy up in the uh, press box. Um, and you have to like spot and identify players. They're wearing helmets, Chris, so it's, you can't I, go by their hair. I, I hate to tell you, Chris, 
Well, I don't think they care. <laughs> I don't think they care about the broadcasters. Well, you know what? Sure, like we do. Look, like broadcasters better. do a very important job, and I, I, I mean, I don't, um, I, I don't like it when they have to deal with numbers like that. I, I look, I had to deal with that. Um, when I remember when you put us on two soccer calls together, and you yes, were complaining about the Binghamton, about that. the Binghamton numbers, where it was the yeah, green and white does, hoops. Who does, who does the Binghamton men's soccer team think they are to be to be going that flashy with their jerseys to think that you know we're above the commentators we can't let them see our numbers? I'm sorry, there's a little difference between the Binghamton men's soccer team and the Oakland Raiders or the Los Angeles Raiders. Wait. Okay, My I, I get what you're saying, but yeah, they ain't in Oakland no more. Um, but that wasn't the point I was trying to make there. The second oh. game we were supposed to call it was about a year ago, <laughs> give or take the today. Actually, it was a Tuesday, so it might have actually been today. Um, it was against St. Peter's up in Jersey City. They had come down to your sack field. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I spent most of the day Tuesday preparing for that game. I had all my notes. I was all ready to go. You had a radio council meeting you know, back when I was just a lowly sophomore broadcaster. And um, I had to call the game solo. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a soccer guy. I like talking about soccer. I can handle this solo broadcast. Um, they take off their warm-up uh, jackets that they were wearing. White on white. I'm like, does I it wasted. Surprise you? Does, does soccer surprise you? It ceases to amaze me sometimes what the things that they have to do. It's like I'm like, all right, someone's personally out to ruin my broadcasting career. They they pull out those jerseys, and like, you. I looked on their website. They, they do not normally wear those jerseys. Those are like some sort of uh, Metro special. Atlantic uh, Metro Atlantic Conference uh, color rush special jerseys. That they bring out when they're trying to destroy people's careers. That's basically well. That proves my, that proves my point once again. Who does the St. Peter's men's <laughs> soccer team the think peacocks. they are? That's what they're yeah, called. Who do these? Who do the peacocks think they are to think that they can do a color rush jersey and get away with it? Like when when the Las Vegas Raiders are catching some some heat from Chris Taconis because they try to do it. You know, it's it's kind of ridiculous if you ask me. I think there's you have to earn the ability to to wear the weird uniforms that make other people's lives difficult to deal with when they can't read the numbers. Uh, you know, I don't think if I don't think St. Peter's and Binghamton soccer teams, I don't think they earned it yet, to be honest. I don't even know if there's an MLS team that earned that yet or a soccer team in general. No MLS team would stoop to such levels of degeneracy. But tell me that's not like tell me that wouldn't be cool in Vegas. You know the the Death Star. Oh no! Like as a strictly as a fan, oh. I, I would love it. I, I'm not I'm not looking at it from a fan perspective. Keep in mind, if I were just you know Joe Schmo watching a game on TV, I would think this is awesome. This is great. Though they missed an opportunity by not making the helmet black. I mean, too. Chris, are you like are you planning on calling a Raider a Raiders game in the next couple of years? Uh, no, I don't think they have me on their radar. So I think let's just enjoy it for now, right? I mean, let's let's worry about it when we get to it. Until you apply for that head broadcasting job at Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders, then then we can worry about it and talk about it. And in your contract clause, you can say, hey, I choose the uniforms the guys wear. It's up to me. But until then, let's just focus on how nice those uniforms could be with with such an awesome stadium. And, yeah, that just, I was, just brings back to what I was saying. Uh, I'm sorry, but the Rams and the Chargers, your stadium is cool. Nowhere is cool. It's the Death Star, in my opinion. Um, I, I will it just say, costs so much more money. Oh, that that impresses you five too. Billion dollars? Like what? Wait, it was five billion. Five billion. I thought it was like I thought they said it was like two point six. Was that the Rams no. Chargers one? That is no, that is the Rams Chargers one. It's five billion. Oh my God! Five Jerry's billion? world is one billion. You can yeah, build Jerry's world. Jerry's world looks like a dump compared to that. 
Oh, let's let's relax there, Chris. Okay, let's relax. Looks like a piece Jerry's of garbage. Going, I mean, might as well Jerry, just sell it off for scrap metal and have them play Mr. over. Life. Let's relax there. <laughs> I know you're not used to seeing nice. Well, stadiums, I'm a, listen. I'm a self-hating Jets fan. Big I, you can trash MetLife all you want. It doesn't bother me because I can no longer feel pain. Our practice facility is nicer than MetLife. Our practice facility was also a billion dollars too, by the way. Um, Where at, at the, Rutgers? The, no, <laughs> oh, in oh. Dallas. The Star. Oh, the star okay. was a billion dollars. But I mean, f- the stadium for the Rams is cool. Don't get me wrong. It just looks almost like too big. I don't know if that's like possible for a football arena, a football stadium. Let me, let me pull up a picture here. And you know, this is horrible like, for there's radio. So, there's so much room in that stadium that isn't a football field. You see, here's the it, big. It looks like a mall. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on this. There are two things I like about uh, the Rams Chargers Stadium that. Um, to the best of my knowledge, Oakland doesn't have. Uh, one is they have this really cool, like, futuristic ring. It almost looks like a UFO where it broadcasts, like, it has the score. It has, like, the Rams logo and all that. That's cool. The LED yeah, light. Cool. Like, that's sick. That's like yeah. if you, I don't know if you do franchise mode in Madden at all, but, like, they have, like, this option where you can relocate a team or build a new stadium for your team. Uh, and I, of yeah. course, build a new one for the Jets because MetLife is a hunk of scrap metal. <laughs> Do you but, see my point, though? No, I, I do like, see your point. There's so much room that is not ha- that has nothing to do with the football stadium right. itself. It's like a no. giant. I, I'm trying to think of the shape. What what shape is this? It's like a, a circle with a triangle attached to the bottom. Yeah, and the triangle just has nothing to do with the stadium itself. And I don't yeah. really understand. I see what why you're talking so about. Big. But the other thing I like about it that's probably like a two billion dollar triangle. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a pretty pretty expensive triangle. Uh, it's a price. Mm. Yeah, triangles don't come cheap these days. Um, Three but, sides, still expensive. <laughs> but the other thing I like about it, and this is like a preference, I like the fact that, and you couldn't really tell in week one because they had some smoke in L.A., so it was blocking out the sun, but the plexiglass they have above the stadium, you capture the benefits of being indoors and not having to deal with the weather, um, but it, you still feel like you're in an outdoor stadium. So that looks mm. really cool. I don't know. Maybe yeah, you I'm disagree kind of, with me there. I'm just kind of against any L.A. sporting thing. To be honest, like they can't do much right, in my opinion. So you don't want to join my L.A. Galaxy uh, podcast? You're making an entire (laughs) podcast about the L.A. Galaxy? No, no, I'm a Red Bulls fan, Troy. Oh, God, I was going to say, it's tough to make a podcast just about soccer. How do you do it for one team? And the L.A. Galaxy (laughs) have been massively underwhelming. Their overlapping runs out of the back have been disgraceful. Their distribution has been, you know, I'm going to say that. Somehow, some way, somehow, (laughs) some way, soccer gets tied into this. We're talking about stadiums, and and somehow we start talking about the L.A. Galaxy. I knew that that would take you off, though. That's why I did it. I knew it would bother you. Oh, God. By the way, AT&T Stadium is still very beautiful. I'm sorry. I don't care Mm. what you say. It's, It's a very beautiful stadium. It really is. No, Why? I disagree. It's, yeah, I disagree. It, it, I highly disagree with that. Shut up, Raj. Um, it's it's a nice it's a nice stadium. But getting away from that, your most compelling team, good pick, Raiders. I like it. I don't know if it's going to stay up to that. They did beat a good team. I don't know if it's going to keep to that point. My team's kind of in the same boat almost. Arizona Cardinals have really really impressed me, and you know I, I know they played Washington last week. They they doubled them in score. It wasn't a, like a blowout blowout. It's thirty to fifteen. I mean, I think they were up on them early, but their week one game really, really impressed me. You know, they beat the Forty ers The Forty ers Now, I, you know, I wasn't super high on them last year, even when they were on their Super Bowl run. 
But they're a good team. They're a very good team. Their defense is very good. Um, it was week one. They have a lot of injuries now. Their injuries weren't really there yet. They still had a full-strength team, pretty much. But Kyler Murray, I'm picking right now, and I picked him going into the season. I think he's going to win the MVP this year. I know Russell Wilson is kind of dominating that conversation so far. But Kyler Murray's been very good so far. Very good. He's 2-0. and um, you know, I, I, you know, I'd love to just look at the schedule for the Cardinals because the Cardinals play, in in my opinion, if not the hardest con- division, maybe the second hardest division. Um, you know, they play. Here are Kyler choice. Murray's stats uh, this year: uh, two and zero, as you mentioned, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, QB rating of eighty three point one, and he's completed two thirds of his passes. Yeah. So. That's pretty solid. Good. I mean, good. What what makes him like he's kind of like Wilson esque in the sense that one he's you know a little undersized for the position. Um, They list him at five ten, but he's not five ten. He's five ten, and he's and he's mobile. He can roll out of the pocket. He's athletic. He's got he's got everything you need out of a prototypical uh, young quarterback in the NFL in twenty twenty. This is where the game's going. Well, you're kind of leading right into my next point. Beautiful. This is this is why. Yeah, it's it's great football to watch. One, um, this is why he was my pick for MVP. And I'll tell you exactly why. You know, the NFL. You see trends of guys who win awards. Um, who won it last year? Lamar Jackson, second year in the in the league. Mobile quarterback. You know, he developed the arm. He's a mobile quarterback, and he's really flashy and exciting to watch. Obviously, had fantastic stats last year. Year before that, Patrick Mahomes. I think he was. Was it his first or second year that he won his MVP? He wasn't a rookie, was he? Was he a rookie when he won his MVP? I think no. I think it was his second year. Second year. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I'm building this all on. So I'm hoping he was in his second year. You know, I think Kyler Murray had a good rookie season. I think he's going to develop on it. He's going to impress a lot of people. And I think the second year thing, and a lot of people have that sophomore slump in their mind. You know, it's kind of going either way. I think the sophomore year is a chance where where these guys have the opportunity to really impress a lot of people. Um, and Kyler Murray started his season off in that kind of form. I think that I think he's going to pick up an MVP this year because I think he's heading down the path that we saw Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes go down. Now, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the best quarterback in the league by far, with really no one even close to him in my mind. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Patrick Mahomes, but it's kind of that same thing you see with with LeBron and the and NBA. You know, it's not about who's the best player. It's it's kind of a trendy thing, right? It's who's the most impressive this year, who really was flashy and who caught your eye. Um, and you don't usually see repeats too often in the NBA. Or, I mean, I guess you do. You saw Giannis twice, but you know they have been very worried to name LeBron MVP twice. You know, or just LeBron in general recently. Um, I think that's going to kind of happen to Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to be the best quarterback for a while in the NFL, but I think it's going to be those flashy players every year that kind of steal it away, and I think this year is Kyler Murray's chance. Um, I think he's been very good this year. I think the fact that he's a dual threat on the ground, I think he had almost 100 yards his first week against San Francisco this year, who has a very good defense, is incredible. And then you look at their schedule. They're 2-0 and right now. Next week they play the Lions. Lions haven't been very good this year, um, to no one's real surprise. Week after that, they play the Panthers, also 0-2 this season. Have a chance to win that game. Then week five, they play the Jets. Do I even have to explain that one? Uh, week six, they play Mike Dallas Cowboys. You know, that's going to be a, a tough game. Cowboys haven't looked that great this year, though. 
real potential to start off 6-0 and this year. Um, and then their first really tough game after the Cowboys is the Seahawks. And after that, then it's the Dolphins and the Bills again. Um, obviously, the Bills are pretty good, but... You know, Kyler Murray has a real chance to start this season out at 5 or 6-0 and if he keeps playing like he's playing and this team keeps going. You know, their defense is not the best defense in the league. It had some issues last year. They kind of addressed some of those issues in the offseason. But their offense is going to be good. It's going to be very good. You added DeAndre Hopkins to the team, and there was a lot of questions. Poor DeAndre Hopkins, you know, leaving Deshaun Watson. Um, and going over to Arizona. Well, guess what? He's got Kyler Murray, and at this moment in time, you know, I haven't been too hot on Deshaun Watson, and we I kind of got into that because I think for for everyone who is super high on Deshaun Watson, a lot of those people are also very anti-Dak Prescott, and I think their numbers are pretty similar, and I think it's unfair. Um, but Kyler Murray has been very good. He's been very good, and that offense has been very good because of it. And I think they have a real chance to make a deep run this year. And end with almost 10 wins on the season, why not? They could easily start the season 5-0. and They really could. They really could. And then they could go 500 the, West, the rest of the way. Obviously, it's going to get a little tougher down the line when you got to play the Seahawks twice in a couple weeks. Um, but we've seen that this division is, is, is brutal on each other. It's, it, you know, you could be the worst team in the division, and we've seen the ability for them to beat the best team in the division. The Seahawks, the 49ers, um, you got the Rams, and then you've got the Cardinals. All four of those teams, they play each other quite well usually. Those games are usually always competitive. I think this is the Cardinals' year to actually take the title in their in their division. I know that's kind of crazy. You look at those teams, I just said the Rams, um, the Seahawks, and then also the 49ers. 49ers went to a Super Bowl last year. The Rams went to a Super Bowl two years ago. And guess what? The Seahawks got Russell Wilson, and they're not too far removed from being a dynasty almost. Um, I just think this is Kyler Murray's year to be MVP of the league, and I think he's going to impress everybody, and he's going to be the next big guy um, that we're talking about for a long time. And I think this schedule is going to allow for that. And you know, the last in the last four weeks of the season, they play the Giants and the Eagles. I think they have a friendly schedule. They have that fourth place schedule from last year, and it's really helping them. You know, they have a chance to be splashy this year. I mean, do you disagree with anything I said, Chris? Do you think the Cardinals have a chance? I think the Cardinals are a very intriguing team. I'm with you. I think they have the potential to turn some heads this year. Um, certainly, if Kyler Murray keeps playing the way that he's played, I don't think that there's any real dispute that they're going to be a team that can really contend to um, be a surprise team in the NFC. Uh, but that, like you said, that NFC West division with – uh, the Niners, the Niners are going to be a bit banged up next couple weeks. Um, the a Seahawks, bit. their entire team's hurt. <laughs> well, well, I they're mean, the, let's not the let's San not embellish Francisco things 39ers here. Thirty Niners now, they lost so many guys. <laughs> Good one, Troy. It wasn't mine. I, I stole that from someone. I saw it online. Wow. Take no credit. Oh. Go, ahead. Go ahead. Disappointed the crowd. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, and this isn't a foot comparison, but when I see that division, I kind of think of the Big Ten in basketball, how, like, the third best team in the Big Ten and the 11th best team in the Big Ten, on any given night, you don't know who's going to win between those two. Yeah. It's kind of, it has that same aura of unpredictability that uh, you don't always get in some divisions. I mean, you could still look at the and the AFC East. I mean, that's been Patriots show 
for over a decade now. And with Cam Newton, it might very well still be. I mean, the Bills look pretty good now, but uh, I've never counted Bill Belichick out of anything. But uh, that's one thing. Um, I, I, I mean, you can also look at the NFC East where it's just a uh, four-way tire fire, and whoever All is right, the first yeah, to seven right. and nine let's, is going to be the one who relax there. Let's relax undeservedly there. earns a spot in the playoffs. Listen, and Chris, if you, put any normal, if you put any normal team and you take the Patriots out of your division, the AFC East would have been that for the past decade. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, you put, Easily. Probably, swap probably New England for Washington. in that case. Swap New England for Washington. That's all you have to do. And oh Honestly, my goodness, they, the be AFC East would be worse. They'd be worse than the NFC East. You'd have, you like, you'd have like, in 2013, you'd have like uh, divisional champion quarterback Geno Smith. Exactly. Seriously. Man. I mean, look at some of the bad teams that have gone through your division in the past five years. Oh, you don't with, have to tell with, me. I was a fan Dolphins, of most of those Jets teams. And the Bills. Yeah. You're lucky the Bills are starting to get good. because. Am you know, I, though? With well, no, I guess not as a fan, <laughs> but as someone proponent for your division, you know, Tom Brady leaves. If if things were the same as they were a few years ago, that division would be quite atrocious. It really would, and you you almost wonder. It's like did the 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 Patriots have six free wins on their schedule for like a decade, and no one really like I I'm not saying that the NFC East is good by any means. Um, it's been atrocious so far. Um, and the teams that are supposed to be good have been not playing very well. The Cowboys, I'll say that. And the Eagles, for that matter. Eagles really not carrying their weight on that end. They've been the worst team in the division. But, I mean, I think the Cardinals win my award. I'm going to hand them out to the award. Do you have a, Do you have an award sound effect, Chris, on the board or no? Um, for, the closest thing I have is the uh, prize wheel. Spin the prize wheel. Okay. And this year's most compelling, or this eighth of the season's most compelling team of 2020 through weeks one and two is the Arizona Cardinals. That worked okay. Yeah, that worked okay, I would say. It was all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really a surprise. I should have done it before I told you, like, for 20 minutes why the Cardinals are my most compelling team. 